This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello everyone, welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host Eric and Chris is back today. What is going on everyone? (laughs) (laughs) And um... It has now been how long since the conference games? Well, like a week and a like half. A week and a half. So everyone's yeah. well aware of who the winners are and who's in the Super Bowl. Not the Saints. And Not the Saints, yeah. So your prediction came true. But um, the funny part is our Madden prediction came true. Which is kind of creepy. Very creepy because um, that wasn't even a planned out thing we had ready for the podcast. We um, just did it. Yeah, Matt was just like, I'm going to pull up some simulations and see what it is. And ended up being Rams... Uh, Patriots. Yeah, and then they had the Patriots blowing them out in the yeah. Super Bowl. And it's kind of looking that way from what yeah, we're seeing from the media we're days. still here. We're still here. Oh, man. <laughs> if no one's aware of that, it's when uh, when they do like their last farewell from their city. Like Everyone comes through to their stadium, and they kind of just have everything set up just to kind of pump up the fans and you know say their last goodbye, hoping they come back from a victory. And Tom Brady just rowdies up the crowd and does like a little mic drop and drops does a big the mic chant and, and walks out saying we're still here <laughs> and then i'm just like everyone's like patriots by 50 and yeah, that, uh, that's it that's it yeah um so so uh what was it february 2nd is the super bowl from Second what i'm aware of third Something no like a third that. i believe it's the third i feel like i should have known that so uh no you're right it's the third 6:30 patriots rams they're in your home stadium. Atlanta. In Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, that should be exciting, but we're going to talk about today how that all came together to form those two opponents. And so uh, we'll talk about the Patriots first, the team. A lot of people already counted out, especially in the conference game against the Chiefs, um, which ended 37-31. to 31. Um, Very close game, very exciting towards the end. Very quiet first half for the most part, from mm-hmm. what I remember. Again, mind you, it was only a week and a half ago, but a lot has happened since then. Uh, Tom Brady. Um, his stats don't show it, but when you give that guy two minutes left on the clock, he can do pretty much anything. What people are very mad about about that game was that um, a game is decided on a coin flip. Everyone's a lot very upset about that. Well, before, the, the rule was that, that you could get the ball if you kicked a field goal um it used to be that it was over right and now yeah, and if you kick a field it. goal you give the other team you win only on a touchdown exactly with the first possession. but it's a game where one of the two best quarterbacks in the league right now this year's mvp most likely patrick mahomes yeah. doesn't even get to touch the field because tom brady generals downfield and most people have the argument saying well don't let them score and maybe you can have your quarterback go back out there to me, it's kind of like if you're gonna if you're gonna have a full quarter like a playing time like uh, well, how much minutes do they take off for overtime? Is it the same? Uh, amount? It's normally I believe ten minutes, but I think since they played for a winner, they just put it at traditional fifteen as if it was an extra quarter because they if, have to play for a winner. That's what I'm saying. That's the way I see it. If there's that much time that you're gonna put on the clock. For an overtime, you might as well play that full time. And I know it's bad for the players, yeah. but it's kind of like you, if you have two like high caliber teams, whoever wants it the most is going to come out, want to come out with the victory. Mm-hmm. And um, if you do it that way, there's less arguments involved. And now we sit here arguing if the coin flip was the reason why 
that happens. And I mean, you know, kudos to the Patriots for running downfield in the first place. But the Chiefs defense were never great all year either. Yeah, they, they are one of the worst, which I said in the last podcast. They were gonna, Bill Belichick was going to find a way to expose that defense, and that's what he did. What I found out on a different podcast, apparently um, Bill Belichick came in the locker room like the week before the game, and he comes up with like five new plays that they haven't ran all year, and he does that. So I'm ready to see some of these. I get, I'm, I'm willing to bet, and there's a lot of bets in the Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, remember um, the Julian Edelman throw, like the, uh, at the pitch back to like – Edelman, and then he throws to Tom Brady, in and he drops it. In the last Super Bowl, it. you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guarantee they're going to do it again. They're going to be like, he's going to catch it this oh, time. Oh, yeah. They're, they probably they, practice it right now, oh, right yeah. as we're speaking. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so another a lot of, another controversy is where the game could have been – could have won in the Chiefs' favor if D Ford didn't go off sides. Yeah, but what I do mean, you think about that? I mean, that? you can't – you can't – he was off sides. That's, he was That's on sides. himself. That's not on a bad call. That's on him, but I mean, yeah, I, I feel like that's that's partially on him and that's partially on the linebacker because typically the linebackers are scaling and, and looking that like as a captain you're typically looking looking at the line making adjustments and I feel like if you're looking to make adjustments you should see that if you're looking at the line he's off you know what I'm saying yeah people tried and, stating an argument for him where they were like usually the ref is like we'll be like hey heads up you're off sides well, there's that but then, when I when I when I played football and I'm not saying I played for the NFL no one's telling you anything you have, you have to well, be disciplined uh, enough that the ref isn't going to tell you hey you're off sides well the other argument too was that the uh, I guess it would have been the left tackle for the Patriots he was lined up farther back than normal and they were saying he should have been called for a, an illegal formation because they were saying and they there was a picture of it and it said normally you know they're on the line. And that's how you kind of stand, like, because they're not staring at the sticks the whole yeah. time. So they were saying there was a picture, and he was a lot, he was further back than he should have been, and they were saying it should have been called an illegal formation. But yeah, there's a lot. I, of, I don't know enough the rules. A lot of arguments could be involved there, but I feel like at the end of the day, either the NFL has to get together their overtime rules, or you gotta get a good defense to stop the other team. I don't know what to say. Um, I knew right away you're giving Tom Brady two minutes, and they show they pan over to the sideline of him warming up. I'm like, oh, it's a wrap. Oh yeah, like yeah. oh, they, like Chiefs think they got it. Another Tom Brady type quarter, of course. But um, and taking a look at the stats, it doesn't see you point. All signs point to Tom Brady doing what he had to do. He's just a very good field general, regardless. Mm-hmm. Like if his stats don't show. So for example, in this game, he had only he had 30 completions, 46 um for 46 attempts. 348 yards, um, a touchdown, and two picks. And one of the picks came later in the game. Um, one of the picks right before half, I believe, in the Chiefs' end zone. I think they were trying to score or something like that. Uh, they threw one early in the game. He only had one? Oh, that's right, because the, the second one that was – wait a minute. One was Sorensen in the fourth quarter, and then the other one he, was – He had two uh, picks, right? Reggie Ragland. Yeah, two picks. Yeah, I was going to say Ragland was in the end zone in the – First quarter, I believe, and then because yeah, I think it was game. three or seven nothing, and then they would have. I think it would have was about to be fourteen nothing, and they came up big and got that pick. Exactly, and so, then um, yeah, the tipped ball at Edelman. Yeah, and so they pulled some other tricks out of their pocket, but they stuck to normally what they were going for. They handed the ball off to Sony Michelle twenty nine times, hundred and thirteen yards, average average four yards per carry, and two touchdowns. And the week before, he had three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Do you think going into the Super Bowl, they're going to change that? A little bit like do you think they're not going to give it to him as much and they're going to pass a little more to kind of throw off the rams because you know well that the rams are expecting yeah, sonny michelle to try to run on him especially towards the end of, towards 
getting into the end zone. The the tough thing about that task is that Sony Michelle is a very talented running back, but he's not a built running back. He's not one of these big backs where he's going to plow through people. I don't know. They, they zoom in sometimes. Dude looks yoked. He, no, but what I'm saying is you, you look at these running backs where they plow through people, and I, I, when I think of him, I don't think of him plowing through someone, especially Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, like they're they're big guys. He I don't think he's big enough to plow through like that. And I just don't think why would you feed into their strength? That's just that the, you're not going to win by doing that. Yeah. There's no reason trying to run up the middle and feed into what they are good at. I just feel so, like Belichick has always has something to yeah, throw I, them off somehow. We're going to see some a lot of new plays oh, yeah. come I, the I Super mean, Bowl. We'll, he's not afraid to pull no, those out. No, not at all. We'll, we'll get to this in a little down bit down the line. But, but with the way that the the Saints were effectively dealing with that pass rush is they were don't throwing dump offs to Kamara. So I see James White having a big role in this Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. And especially since he's won them a Super Bowl before exactly. against the Falcons. Exactly. Which I'll argue that he had his knee down before reaching the end zone, but you know, it's yeah. the end of the yeah, game. They're they're just like, let's get out of here. Just, yeah. You know, it corral was it in. Yeah. But um also they pull out Rex Burkhead once again. Yeah. And um, he had a more an active role, especially since he won the game for them towards the end of the game. They handed the ball to him instead of Sonny Michelle. Very mm-hmm. bold move. Um, but whenever one of these guys would run, specifically Sonny Michelle, one of his touchdowns was right through near the 10-yard line, untouched. Yeah, yeah. How does that happen? You know exactly what their game plan is, and you can't do it. Speaking of Chiefs defense, they actually hired Spagnolo. Yeah, yeah. Not too long, that, a- yeah. not too long after that game ended. So their move, their their plan was to move on regardless if they won or not. Yeah. But what's what's scary about that is that they already were one of the best teams in terms of blitzing, and Spags is really good at that. Oh yeah. So that's only going to amplify that pass rush. Which I'm, is st- I'm still scary. a little salty that he's still not with the Giants because he yeah. was perfectly fine. No, he they, he won them. He's partially one of the main. He's probably the one NYPD. of the main reasons they, they yeah that they won and they were like I said the last time that they made it to the playoffs they had the NYPD and wasn't he there? He was, was there. That his last year. That was there? him. Yeah. Yeah, he so. was only he was the only bright spot. I feel like if we had um, Pat Shermer, well, again, Gettleman was cleaning house regardless. He didn't yeah, care. Yeah. But um, I feel like if we already had Pat Shermer before Ben McAdoo made an impact, we'd still have him in in uh, Spagnuolo. Definitely. Yeah. But now we have Betcher, which I'm not too mad with. He's but, not bad. Not bad. But that's definitely a good sign for the Chiefs. So I mean, regardless yeah, of them losing, you guys losing, like the guy you have, Betcher, he's not bad. It's just it's kind of like the equivalent. You of, can't work with nothing. Of, Same with yeah. Patrick. He he got five wins out of a crappy team. Exactly. Not sure if you saw the news um, that came out today, just because in, in light of the Super Bowl. But apparently, when Jerry Reese was still the GM, mm-hmm. um, Andrew Whitworth was showing massive interest in signing with the Giants, and he um, noticed that there was no interest by the Giants, so he couldn't sign there wow. because. He said, like, oh, that's where, like, my wife and I, like, met. And, like, we used to live there. And, like, our kids would do fine over there. Like, we know the area. And they didn't want to sign him. Instead, they wanted to stick with Flowers and uh, oh, well, that panned and Bobby out well. Hart. That panned out real well. Oh, yeah, well, panned huh? out real well. I'm glad he's out of there. See you later. <sighs> but anyway, uh, again, Rex Burkhead scored the game-winning touchdown. What do you think of Rex Burkhead and what's his impact going into the Super Bowl? No, I mean, I feel like when when you game plan for them, Sony Michelle's obviously the clear he's the clear cut back. He is the guy that's going to get fed the ball. And then James White, I'd say probably about seventy five to eighty maybe even eighty five, ninety percent of the time he's on the field. He's either out there he, he's most likely out there for a pass. He's not really gonna run the ball. They'll hand it off to him here and there, but if you see him out there, it's typically a, a like either a screen pass or he's in there to to go out for a pass. It's it's a passing play. So Knowing that, I feel like Burkhead is kind of in there for for that substitution because he's still a solid running back. 
and he could still, like you, you said, he won the game, essentially. He ran and got that touchdown. He could still plow through, and he could still make those big catches and, and big runs. I feel like he's he's really vital when the other two running backs are kind of at the end of the game and they're tired. I feel like that's his main role, to come in, because he's uh, those fresh legs, and he's very talented. He's kind of both of them put together. He can catch, he can run. He works well. Yeah, I was going to say that. So pretty much towards the end of the game, Sonny Michel is not going to, you know, help you to the max, but um, I feel like he's a good change of pace type guy and James White's more of the passing down guy yeah. like you said before and um don't don't be you know too concerned about James White in the running game I know he only had 23 yards rushing with only six carries but he can make as much of an impact as you think you get like you know most of the games if James White is in there on a running play and they run like a like a stretch to the right or mm-hmm. like a like a off tackle type run he's gonna get past you somehow yeah and um he'll so, get yeah. a solid like five yeah. yards on so even though you may not think these three running backs are going to make an impact. Expect this game to go early. Sonny Michelle, I'm willing to bet Sonny Michelle scores the first touchdown if they drive downfield first. Yeah. I think um, I think they're going to do that weird thing that they did last time where they get it and they defer it. So maybe he won't have a touchdown first. But if they do get it, I think I'm, will, I'm willing to bet that he scores first. Because didn't yeah. they do that for what team? They deferred it. They never deferred. They usually take the ball. Yeah, I don't, or something I don't like remember. that. Yeah, yeah I'm not I, sure. I have no idea. Yeah. But it is weird. All right, so let's take a look at their receiving game, too. Julian Edelman is an absolute beast. He had seven receptions, 96 yards. I don't think I don't think we have to go into too much detail what he's going to do for the Super Bowl because I think he's going to have an enormous impact. By the mm-hmm. way, um, when he was doing that punt return, that was the most bizarre <laughs> reviews I yeah. have ever seen. If there, If we were back in the era when there was no cameras, do you think he touched the ball? I mean, based on everybody's reaction, everyone thought he touched the ball. So I think based years ago, that would have been muffed. They picked it up. That would have been it. Based on the defense reaction, the defense is going to do that anyway. They're going to act it out so they they show that they have the ball. But the argument was that after it went past him, he didn't move to, like, go get it. Like, Mm -hmm. if, if, like, Julian Edelman would, like, like, flinch afterward and go run after the ball because he didn't touch it. Yeah. Because he touched it, then... You know, then it would kind of look like he did touch it, but he it didn't. Very mo- close. He didn't move. It was very close, because everyone's like, "Oh, touch his thumb now. Touch his other thumb now. It's his forearm." Yeah, now but it's I his- mean, then the next play was a pick, so it it ended yeah, it up. Yeah, didn't, didn't matter after that, and that matter. was his fault because yes. it went off of his hands. <laughs> that definitely those hit are, him. <laughs> yeah, those are definitely a funny turn of events after that. Yeah. But, um, so it really didn't matter. But I, I thought that was just insane. It, it was bizarre. It probably touched like his fingertip, and he was trying to sell it. But yeah, I don't know. So uh, yeah, he had seven receptions, ninety-six yards, no doubt in my mind. Especially in the, in the towards the end of the game, Julian Edelman's going to be involved. I um, expect Chris Hogan to have be having more of an impact as well. He had five receptions, forty-five yards, but don't let that fool you. Towards the end of the game, they were converting third down after third down after third down yeah. each and every time they reached third down, and uh, Chris Hogan was running a comeback and he would pass the first mm-hmm. down marker very easily. So don't count him out. And uh, Gronk six receptions, seventy-nine yards. Um, could welcome, possibly welcome be his back. last game with the Patriots uh, it, it in the could Super be. Bowl. Could be his last it, game. It could be. I, I think it really comes down to how he does. Because in the Super Bowl, I mean, they're, they're at the point to where they're working well as a unit, but Belichick has his own kind of like scheme. He's He's got his own mind. It doesn't matter who you put in there. Like there's the joke, oh, like he'll give up all his first-round picks and take some guy working at Foot Locker. He'll turn him into an all-star. Like, yeah, I saw it, this It doesn't tweet. matter who it is. There was this tweet that was uh, showing that uh, – the McCourty brothers. I mm-hmm. think Devin McCourty yeah. is like, if we win the Super Bowl, I'm retiring because 
I just want a Super Bowl with my brother, and he already has two under his belt. Yeah. So it's kind of, and it's kind of like, yeah, it makes sense. And he's been in the league for eight years. He made his yeah. money. All those accomplishments are done. Um, yeah, you might as well like, just go out. And there was a that. comment afterwards, like, remember, the Patriots don't rebuild. They reload. Yeah. And that's they, they extremely do. accurate on what they do. And um, they have a lot of picks this year. A lot of picks they in do. like the first couple rounds that they acquired. So, um, you know, expect you know, th- th- no one should. Ex- I, I'm definitely not going to expect next year. Everyone's going to be like, oh, they're just going to be sucky after this year. They're just no. going to suck after this. I've been in that boat before, and I'm not falling for it again. Um, they're going to be fine after this. But um, and then there was also James White four receptions, 49 yards. Again, we know what he can do in the passing game. Then you have Dorsett who had that one touchdown. I feel like he'll sneak in there if like mm-hmm. none of his guys are open because. I feel like the agenda is if Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, for any reason, isn't open, Julian Edelman isn't, um, if Dorsett is just a tad bit open, he's going to toss it his way. And it's always yeah. in the end zone somehow. Yeah, it Did that with is. the Chargers. Yeah. Now he does it with the Chiefs. I don't know. Don't count Brady out. Like, who, I'm expecting like a Cordero Patterson reception to, go, to do something this game. Cordero, um, Cordero Patterson will probably have like a 50-yard touchdown run. To be honest, he'll probably. I think like, he'll have a punt return. Oh no, like a kick return. Mm, I don't think. I, so. I don't think. I think he lost it, his step a little bit from what he used to. In that term, yeah, but I, 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 I have a feeling he's gonna get like a big run. He's gonna. They're gonna give him like a handoff, or it's gonna be like a trick play, like you said, and he's gonna get. He has speed. He still has speed. But oh yeah. I don't know. James Devlin, depending on a touchdown from him. I, there's a lot of people putting the, uh, putting their bets down on a James Devlin like yeah, fullback one yard touchdown. I would not be surprised. It's, Gronk, isn't it weird how? Looking at all these stats, still you're like, anything they run with any player on their bench will not surprise you. Yeah, it wouldn't at all. Like they they could have their third string tight end, whoever the hell that is, and wouldn't be surprised if he gets a touchdown. Exactly. Um. So that's it from the Patriots side. Again, they drove down the field two minutes left in the game in overtime. No, beginning of overtime. Yeah. No, they tied the game. They tied the two game, minutes then left. Won the toss. Won, yeah, won the coin toss. When they won, once they won that coin toss, I'm like, that's that was it. it. Yep. That's a wrap. That, that literally watching that gave me like glimpses of when we lost Super Bowl to them. I saw them win the toss. You saw nightmares. And I was just like, no, just come back. It's like, happening oh again. No. Uh, did you see that video? Um, Julian Edelman was mic'd up for this game, and he was like, "Nice effing ball." Yeah. Do you saw that? Yeah. And then he was like, "You're too old." Like he's like hyping yeah, him yeah. up. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no wonder they won. Like, yeah. Because do you notice how quiet they are all year, and then once this time comes, they like turn it up a bit. What yeah. do you think of their whole thing that they think they're underdogs now? See, are they trying to steal like the Philadelphia thing? It's like, oh, if we think we're underdogs, maybe we'll win. I don't know if they're trying to steal it. It's just in essence, they kind of were underdogs because they're going into they're not playing at home, and they're going against the number one seed. They're the number two. So on paper, yes, they're technically underdogs. But I mean, history does not put you as an underdog. You are the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, they they've won all these Super Bowls, and then Tom Brady has appeared in the most Super Bowls more than eight teams in the NFL, which is absurd. Exactly. Um, but I mean, I can understand the argument that they're underdogs because against the Chiefs, they were there. The Chiefs had minus three on them. Like, yeah. So um, they were technically underdogs, but um, yeah, people were counting them out early, but. Again, you're the Patriots. No one's technically calling you out. They want to call you out. They want, yeah. They, it's more of instead of they know you're there. We are well aware that you're here, but yeah, everyone just wants to of, see. Instead of like kind of realistically, yeah, like they're gonna lose. It's more of like, oh, I hope to God they lose. That's out of <laughs> out of all the matchups, Patriots Rams, 
even like I said on that last podcast episode we did, I would have loved to see any other matchup besides that one, and that one, of course, ends up happening. But, but that's what, yeah, and everyone, there were talks that, that that was the worst Super Bowl picked, and people are not buying tickets now, and, like, there's a whole issue. What do you think of the conspiracy that they it. want another um, L.A., like, Boston type thing? Like, you know how the NBA, they, how they made a lot of their money yeah, yeah, was yeah. from Lakers-Celtics. Do you think it's kind of the same thing, or? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, it's... For a long time, I've had a feeling that there's like weird coincidences that go on throughout the NFL, and, oh, yeah. and I'm just like, uh, is, is this because of someone making it this way? Is it? And I mean, as you can see, when we get to the next game, I mean, you can really get into depth as wh- why they thought that one team made it over the other because it was fixed or set up, whatever the case. But I don't know. I, I just feel like there's a lot of weird coincidences that maybe aren't coincidences but also tom brady was asked um if this could possibly be his last super bowl didn't he say um, zero um yeah he's like zero chance i want i made a goal for 45 yeah. i'm going to a 45 and that dude could pretty he can do it if he wanted to <laughs> so yeah he, he could as long as he has these running backs that just do most of the heavy lifting. massages after games yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, we'll take a look at the uh, the Chiefs side. Patrick Mahomes, um, he only had 16 completions and had three touchdowns in those 16 completions on 31 attempts, 295 yards. You couldn't ask for a better game by Patrick Mahomes. Dude is insane. Um, he gets tackled. He still makes a sidearm throw. These sidearm throws, sidearm throws are very, very, very insane. Yeah, the no looks, the and no the look passes. I don't know how he does oh, it. Oh man. But- this well, dude's well, did just. You this is his see, league uh, for the taking. Did you see that Brady even like went up to the locker room at the end of the game yeah. and asked to talk to him and they talk he he talked to him just shows how much respect and how how I'm sure Tom Brady when he was first drafted would have wanted all those skill sets and Matt, Tom Brady would be have not eight Super Bowls if if he was given all those like you know intangibles like yeah. the sidearms and like that's not something you can um like acquire it's just something you have from a, like especially a baseball background like mm-hmm. he has um and then you have the the rushing game a little bit. Uh, Damian Williams not doing too much. Um, when you're down, you really can't be running that much. But 10 carries, 30 yards, um, and a touchdown. And he had two touchdowns late in the game um, in the receiving end. Yeah. He had five receptions, 66 yards, two touchdowns. Um, one of those touchdowns kind of brought them back into the game, and I thought it was that like screen pass exactly. And I'm like, that was beautiful. That was they're a, going to the all Super Bowl. on Mahomes. He he looked the one way, and then. Beautiful yeah. blocking, and they just completely looked away the defenders, and he was wide open. He has one of those things Tom Brady has where, um, if you're watching any other quarterback and in some place happening, you kind of you're scared to know what's going to happen next. But yeah. once that play was snapped, I'm like, this is happening. They're getting this yeah. touchdown, and that's the same thing with Tom Brady. I'm like, when they everything goes their way, and then they so, drive downfield, you're like, this is theirs. Yeah, like, that's all it was. He just looked away the the safety and the uh, linebackers. He just looked to the right. The blockers stayed beautifully. They just followed along, and then he was wide open, exactly. little lob pass, and just took off. And so, also, we'll talk about Sammy Watkins. Um, four receptions, 114 yards, average 28 yards per reception. And one of those catches were actually downfield to actually put him in that field position, I think, yeah. for that play, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that was very nice. And, um, yeah, it was just an amazing throw by pat mahomes overall dude's just an animal sad to see he won't be in the super bowl but yeah we we know well he'll be back eventually 
Um, Tyree Kill, very quiet in this game. They double-teamed them all game long, well, I mean, something that you were expecting them to yeah, do. Yeah, that's, that's and, what you expect. Yeah, and his one, one reception was for 42 yards. And I'm not sure yeah. if you saw the mic'd up thing in the Pro Bowl where he was talking to the Chargers <laughs> About, coach. Yeah. Anthony Lynn, right? Is his name? Saying, yeah, and that's how and you shut like, him down or whatever. And he's just like, I can't play if they're double teaming Tyreek yeah, Hill. Why, why, why are you telling? You yeah. For a team a that. Division rival. A, a, a division <laughs> rival that was head to head with you and up to the very end. <laughs> how dominant you were playing and how, like, how much lower of a team they are compared to you. They yeah. were head to head. And you're telling this head coach, who is one of the better coaches in the league. Yeah, I mean, as much as he said it, it I feel like it's more public knowledge. Like, if we're yeah. picking up on it, he's picking up on it too. So I don't think it hurt that bad. It's just the principle of why would you say it. You That's... think they're, they're like, write, like, write that down, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then you had Demarcus Robinson, one reception, 27 yards. Um, Travis Kelsey, three receptions, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Um and that's it for their def- their offense, really. You know, Pat Mahomes did everything he could in his power to put them in the game, and yeah. you really can't say much when you're on the sideline, helmet off, watching the Patriots just go down on your defense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think uh, the Chiefs will be active in free agency for their defense, or do you think they're going to draft a lot of defensive players? Because they're lo- definitely looking for a line. Their line I, isn't great yeah, at all. Yeah, I think they're going to draft and then – let Spagnolo kind of do the rest. He's, they really he can really do work. Where I look back, they really should have made an offer. Well, they tried getting um, Jack Rabbit from the Giants. By they the also trade tried by to get the Collins. Yeah, but what, I don't know why they did that when they should have gone for, um, what's his name, Damian Williams, Snacks. Well, Damian Harrison. Yeah. Damian Harrison. Um, yeah, Snacks. They well, should have made yeah. a good running for him. You know how great that line would have been? Because Snacks has one agenda only, and that's just to kind of clog up Well, the that's lane. the thing. They and I pictured that the whole time, like, when Sony Michelle went right through the middle, I'm right like, there. Snacks would have just stopped him. And that's the thing. There was him, there was Jack Rabbit, there was Collins, and there was Ha Ha Clinton Dix that were all circulating around, and they ended up with none of them. So, and it showed, it really hurt them not picking it up them, one yeah. of them. They had to push to get a bigger, better offer. But, um, again, new defensive coordinator. Um, and they threw Eric Berry into this game out of nowhere. Well, I mean, he's, he he's very talented, but he yeah, he hasn't played. So it's kind of a t- tough ask from him. He's He's been injured and having issues throughout the season. Ever since last season, he's been out. It's just kind of – it's one of those things that, like, obviously, you know, he's a great player, he's talented, but when you're rusty, it's it's not his fault. Yeah, you he can't just, throw him in the fire. Yeah, you, it's, it's not his fault. He did well. It's just you can't – it's not all on him. That's – Obviously, it's a tough decision to bench Eric Berry if he's healthy. He's such a great safety, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough situation to get thrown into. Yeah. So, again, this game ended 37-31. Patriots are Super Bowl bound. This was the first game of the day, so we knew. Oh, uh, yeah. wait, first, nope. first game. No, no. No, no. First game was Saints-Rams. Get, get to the better yeah, game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, we're going to jump right into that. Um, so, uh, Rams-Saints, uh, NFC conference game. Rams twenty six to twenty three. I don't Rams. Think, I don't think we need anything else other than to say that was a blown call. <laughs> and I will, I will easily, I'll yeah. gladly say that now. That's hard to jump over that. Oh, that that was. They um, openly admitted that they missed it. That the Roby Coleman said that that he clearly he's, interfered he's, with him. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I just needed to stop this play. Like I didn't want them to. I needed to just stop it somehow, some way. Yeah, and, and he knew right away. And, and this is like the whole controversy with the whole uh, Cody Parkey thing. Was it tipped? Was it not? Now it's the same thing like, oh, some people say it got tipped. And, and by rule, if it gets tipped, you're allowed to hit 
the receiver. It doesn't but, matter. It got tipped. You can hit him. You can do whatever. But this is the same but. guy who had the balls to say that Tom Brady is taking a toll in age <laughs> when yeah. you probably shouldn't have won this game in the first place. People will make the argument. Oh, yeah. Me. yeah. People will make the argument that um, Drew Brees threw an uh, uh, interception at, uh, in overtime, and then there was that play by Dante Fowler yeah. that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if everything went in the other – the other direction and that play was called Saints had more than enough opportunity to, to win that game they, based on solely on that yes but if you say that they would have picked up on that then they would have picked up on the, the the face masks and the holdings and all the other things that oh went, yeah there's like a real there's a real the Saints there's a whole video reel of other exactly pl- so so there would have been other things that would have gone against the Saints and then at that point you can't really what are you going to say how, how do you know where the game would have gone because those could have been in crucial moments where the the uh, Rams didn't end up getting a touchdown, or they didn't end up getting a first down, and then they lost points. They did, they left points on the board. That would have been different. That would have been a different game. It's hard to say know. that if the calls were made accurately throughout the whole game, maybe that one play wouldn't have even happened because it wouldn't have come down to that. They have to do something about these refs because even in the Patriots game, there was the um, roughing the passer on. Yeah, um, and, I'm not sure who, Justin Houston or one someone, yeah, D yeah. Ford. And he went right over the top, hits him in the chest, not in the helmet, and they missed that call. And and the the funny thing is about that, and I remember this because I remember from earlier on, like the first, second quarter maybe, the same thing happened to Mahomes where he kind of got like hit across the same way by one of the Patriots defenders. And he kind of looked – he got up, he looked around at one of the, uh, the refs, and they weren't calling it. He seemed a little upset by it, but he's like, whatever. And the exact same thing happens in the fourth quarter to Tom Brady, and they called it. It was yeah, man. I don't literally, get, there's no consistency. The exact, the no con- exact same. There's no consistency so in these games. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, but that that shows the other question. Um, I'm not sure what you think about it, but what do you think of challenging pass interference calls or mm. challenging, you know, you know, hold the holding? I, I think it's way too holding is way too difficult. There's a yeah. holding in every call. Do you think they should just change the one rule to pass interference challenges? To be honest, I think if they're going to do that. They need to have a stipulation. It can't just be, let's challenge pass interference. I think it needs to be kind of one of those things where maybe it's not a formal challenge, but within two minutes, maybe they'll be like, oh, you know, they get one shot and they say, you know, if it's if it's a crucial game decision, I feel like they should have the right to, to go look over that play and make sure that there was a correct call. Because I feel like throughout the game, calls are, are met, missed, it happens. But when it's in a crucial part like that game where it came down, it could have ended out differently with the uh, outcome of that game. I feel like that really needs to be reevaluated and kind of talked to with the people, wherever whoever they discuss, wherever they are, whatever room they're sitting in, and they're kind of overviewing the play, and they're kind of giving the refs insight on what they think. I, I think the crucial games crucial play like the moments they need to look that up but i don't i don't yeah, think the throughout conference the game, championship you better review that play i yeah, mean but, like if it's a regular season game they miss it still shame on them but still in these games you yeah, can't miss I, a I, single I just, call i just think then if they start saying broadly whenever you think that there's a bad call you could challenge it like with pass interference i think that's too tough to to monitor because then like all right you're you're throwing a challenge flag over something and now it's like well when does it end because then there's going to be the next team that's going to be like oh well there was a holding or there was there was this there was that yeah and i feel like once you open the door for that it's, it's a wrap it's, it's yeah, just not gonna I, I just feel like you can't you can't change it well my everyone's flack is that roger goodell didn't even say a word after this whole that whole thing occurred yeah. not one peep from him 
And it's kind of like if you're the commissioner, you got to state something. You should say like, yes, the refs missed it. We're gonna go. We're like, we're gonna do but something. But that's the thing. You he gotta own up to it. And I mean, even though he did not have any say in that call, like he was not the one that told them not to call it. It's still, it, it's the equivalent of you having like a company like Apple, and you're the CEO of the company. If something goes wrong, you are the first one to make a statement and publicly apologize or whatever. That's and those companies same, do it like the next day. Exactly. That's and the same. That's is, the same situation. I feel like in here, you you sh- he should have yeah, exactly. He should have said at least something. Even even if you messed up, own up to the mistake. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like the NFL has always had issues with um, with their refs because I don't know if you remember back then we were much younger. Um, they used to bring in part time refs and then they used to blow calls and now they have full time refs. Well, yeah, there was the whole was it the lockout or whatever? And yeah, then, and then there was issues where they start. Yeah, the the part time refs did bad and then they're like, yep, we're done with that. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. They have to get that they get it together. But um, let's take a look at this game as a whole and uh, see what the Rams' outlook is going into the Super Bowl. Um, so Jared Goff, 25 for 40, 297 yards, a touchdown to pick. Um, is the key for Jared Goff going to the Super Bowl a lot of throws by him? Because, again, now he doesn't have his boy Cooper Cup. He uh, Todd Gurley is not getting as much looks as he should. Um, Todd Gurley, four carries yeah, for 10 he yards. did nothing. Nothing. Is he injured, and are you scared for him in the Super Bowl? Honestly, or are they kind of like I holding him back? Like, I, yeah, I don't know if this is by design, but but him not doing much in that game might have been the best thing that happened to them because yeah, there's tape throughout the whole season that you can look at, but Belichick likes to shut down that main guy. And when you think about in the past game, there's not really that one guy. There's Brandon Cooks, but I feel like he's not like they had Cooper Cup. He was the guy. Like that was their main guy that that Jared Goff really focused on and then he he's out now. they're roommates in college yeah so they're boys so, so you know like they they were really they had a real connection and then he went down and since then he's kind of like just kind of distributing the ball to whoever's open now it's, there's no real number one target yeah i feel like there was a loss in his step as soon as he lost cooper exactly cup. like i feel like everything clicked like oh now they're covering cooper cup that opens up exactly. more space for brandon cooks and, and maybe and, josh reynolds could get like a a reception downfield or something, and, and now it's but now he doesn't have now that. now no like not that no one's stepping up, and now it's kind of like well, there's no main guy in that receiving core with that same connection as Cooper Cup had with Jared Goff. You could make a statement for Robert Woods, but even that game, he didn't do much of anything. Yeah, so either. so I feel like by them not having Todd Gurley in, it could kind of be like a mind game. Like, well, Belichick likes to take out that number one guy. They if they plan for Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley shows up is just like he did last week now they just misplanned for this game and that that could cost them because they're yeah, they're planning for a guy and he may not even play yeah tom brady is i mean uh jeff jared goff isn't like the carson wentz where the game is run through him it's like the the mo of the rams all year is that the game is ran through todd Gurley on the offense mm-hmm. he opens up space for the passing game on play actions and todd Gurley would just open the game up for you cj anderson comes in he kind of takes the helm a little bit um you know, obviously Todd Gurley's the man. They paid him. If you're paying him this much money, you better give him carries. But C.J. Anderson comes in. He puts up the most yards by anyone in like a four-game span throughout yeah. the whole year. And he had 16 carries for 44 yards. But he better not be the answer come the Patriots. It's the Patriots. Well, that's the thing, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of scary. It's like if I was Bill Belichick right now, I would be really, really focused and trying to figure out what to do because Todd Gurley is that obvious guy that you want to take out. But if, 
if they're saying he's not injured and he was just not producing so they didn't want to put him back in, now what happens in the Super Bowl, they're not they're going to keep that going. If he's not producing, they're going to take him out and the next guy up. Now, do you plan just for the run game in this situation? Because I feel like when you pressure Jared Goff, he's he's not great. He's had a lot of turnovers towards the end of the season leading into the playoffs. If anything, they're going to focus in on him more because I feel like their whole priority is Todd Gurley anyway. And um, they're going to go over film very well and notice that Jared Goff, when he needs to pass to anyone and Cooper Cup's not there, he kind of panics a little bit. I feel like every throw in the Super Bowl needs to be planned out perfectly for him. And um, I feel like Sean McVay definitely needs to chime in on Jared Goff the most because yeah. at the end of the day, if, if say, say the Patriots win and uh, Todd Gurley only gets, you know, 10 carries. Mm-hmm. 60 yards 40 to 60 yards something like that maybe reaches the end zone once maybe not at all the storyline is going to be that you didn't give anything to Todd Gurley that's why you didn't win yeah. that's that's the story that I'm, I'm already seeing right now but if you put all your faith into your quarterback and give him some hope that he can maybe toss the ball around a little bit and maybe he'll be the reason why you win the Super Bowl you're going to thank yourself later because Jared Goff is the quarterback of your future he's not yeah. getting paid right now he's still on the rookie deal but when it comes that time I know Sean McVay is going to bring him right back he's not changing his mind yeah, so well- Put your faith in Jared Goff. Let him throw the ball around a little bit. Pa- again, Patriots have a defense that can hold itself up, but again, they're they've never been ranked the number one defense like you no. have. So why not just unleash him? I mean, I think I think the the other thing that comes into play on why you just focus on the run is their num- next guy up is Brandon Cooks, and he spent time with them last year, so they know what they're what Brandon Cooks can produce. They've practiced against him. The the defensive backs know him, so in that sense, I mean. You know, you kind of know what to expect. It's the opposite now with Todd Gurley. You don't know what to expect. So you don't know, is it going to be him? Is it going to be C.J. Anderson? Who is it going to be? With Brandon Cooks, you know what you're getting out of him. And I feel like that, even though it's a different defensive coordinator, I just feel like that them knowing their number one receiver since he spent time with them last year, I feel like it's a big plus for the Patriots. Do you think they're low-key resting Todd Gurley, or is he injured? Because I really want to clear the air on that, and I have I, no idea. I, I don't think they would rest I think, him. They I think he's kind of injured. Yeah, I don't I don't think they would rest him. I mean, that they by were no means were owning that game to where they're like, oh, let's rest him for the Super Bowl. They they almost didn't win. So I feel like if, if you know, maybe when we made it to the Super Bowl or like last year when uh, when the, the Eagles killed the Vikings, then maybe you start resting players throughout that game, but they were in and out like they were down for most of that game yeah so i don't i feel like there's something going on that's just not being brought up yeah and speaking of brandon cooks from before if he loses this super bowl he'll be the first player to be on two different teams to go but to back-to-back super bowls and lose both wow. first player in nfl history to do that well at least if he does it he'll make history yeah and so speaking of brandon cooks as well had seven receptions 107 yards 15 yards per reception josh reynolds four receptions 74 yards um their tight end, Gerald Everett, got involved a little bit. His two receptions both uh, averaged 25 yards for both, 50 yards um, total. And then Robert Woods, um, six receptions, 33 yards. Uh, Tyler Higby, their other tight end, four receptions, 25 yards, also reached the end zone. And um, kind of quiet from there on out. Todd Gurley was, yeah. wasn't even involved in the receiving game, let alone mm-hmm. the running game. Um yeah, and the big outlier here is you can't forget their kicker, Greg the Leg, Greg Zerline, <laughs> putting a – yeah, he's actually injured right now, believe it or not. Yeah, like a strain or something. Oh, something wow. happened. Um, but, yeah, uh, what was what, what was that kick? It was right before what, the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, 57 yards, bro. 
Were they? They weren't indoor. They were indoors, right? Yeah. They were they in Mercedes Benz. Yeah. yeah. So were, that probably indoors. gave him some leeway a little bit, but fifty-seven yards. That's not an not easy kick. Easy too, especially don't for call, a game yeah. winner. They don't call him a Greg the leg. Greg the leg for nothing. But um, yeah, dude's uh, dude's insane. Yeah, I mean, uh, going over. Uh, we'll get to that, but going over the Saints stats. One thing that that I that. found very interesting. And I mean, this is there's just there's just a little bit of salt, a little bit of salt for me. A but, little bit. But one thing that I found interesting is that Michael Thomas was chosen as like the first team All Pro over Julio, and I think solely because of his his catch rate. I think that is the reason why. When in reality, he runs five yard routes and turns around and catches it. But but anyway, he was put as the first team All Pro, and he gets to this game and he puts up four catches for thirty six yards. That's it. And his excuse was when they interviewed him after, he said, yeah, that's on me. But, like, when you have two guys on you, you, you're getting all this attention, it's kind of hard to get open. Well, every other big guy when you think of, you think of Odell, you think of Julio, you think of A.B., they're doing it. Yeah, I'm not they're sure getting if, open. not sure if you remember Marcus Peters um, a while ago was interviewed after a game, and he was saying, oh, what do you think about Sean Payton talking all this smack about yeah, yeah, the yeah. Rams and stuff like that? He's like, oh, he's like, tell him to shut his mouth because when we see him again, it's a wrap. Yep. And that's exactly that's what, happened. what happened. But now, and Akeem Talib wasn't even healthy at the time. Bring him back. He makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. Big difference. Akeem like, uh, what, a 100-yard, 200-yard difference? Because Michael oh, yeah. Thomas had, what, 200 yards on Yeah, 200 on that? yards on that yeah. game against each other. And then he only got 36 in this one. So, huge difference. Yeah. So, uh, we'll take a look at their stat lines here. And, again, stat lines don't tell the game. But just looking at it, it's not look, it doesn't look too great, even what their best players accomplished in this game. So, Drew Brees... Um, had two touchdowns all game. He completed 26 for 40 yard, uh, for 26 completions on 40 attempts, and the one pick in crucial time. So mm-hmm. again, again, stats don't tell the game. Um, Mark Ingram, their running back, nine carries, 31 yards, and Alvin Kamara, eight yards, eight carries on 15 yards. So you're not even giving it to your best running back. But again, um, they weren't even down all game. They were up. They were well, up. They were four, up 13, 13 zero? nothing, and then 20 to 10. Yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, man. I feel like and, and in when yeah. times get tough, you got to go to Kamara. He's the reason well, why. Well, that's the thing. The stat you're about to hit on is his receptions. He had like 11 receptions or whatever. 11 receptions, yeah. 96 yards. So and they did go to him. They, they went to him. But, but dude was, can run, too. That was solely on one drive. He got maybe seven or eight of those catches on one drive. Yeah, so he was quiet so, all game so up to that point. So it was very skewed, the, that stat. Yeah, it was... He was getting what seemed to be every first down. He was just getting the look. It was either he was running it or he was getting a little screen pass and he was taking it. Like, every play, it was him and Ingram. And, and even though, yeah, he, those are good numbers, but it was solely off of one drive. Yeah, and so uh, take a look at the rest of the receiving uh, stats here. Ted Ginn, three receptions, 58 yards. Michael Thomas, as we mentioned before, four receptions, 36 yards. He was quiet all game long. Uh, Josh Hill, one reception, 24 yards. Um, Garrett Griffin... Not sure who that is. Went into the end zone. Two receptions, 12 yards. I think it's their tight end, too. There's like a third string, tight end, second string. Well, they have Josh Hill. Then they have, yeah, what's his name? Benjamin Watson. Well, he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing this game, no. Um, Traquan Smith, run reception, 10 yards. And I was fully expecting Traquan Smith to have somewhat of an impact on this game because whenever they're home, he's his guy. Yeah. Like that that game um, towards the beginning of the year, I think week five or something like that, was when... Um, Drew Brees threw for the. Oh, when he got the record, he got the record. It was to him, right? It was the Trey Smith. Yeah. yeah, and that was his first NFL touchdown too. Yeah, but um, whenever they're home, 
he's like his guy and I get I don't know I guess this time around wasn't working and then it was pretty much quiet from there Mark Ingram two receptions six yards and again they had they had control of this game again by um by the end of the first quarter they were up 13 nothing second quarter comes around 10 nothing and then the third quarter it's become seven to seven uh oh they each score seven is what I meant and then the fourth again it's just pretty much field goal and field goal and then another overtime field goal mm-hmm. which is what put them in the in that position to win. But again, Rams take the victory 26-23 and now they're in the Super Bowl and that's where we are at right now. Yeah. So, um Super Bowl Rams Patriots. Um quick little stat here that I had from uh, the Checkdown. So, Tom Brady is not is fully familiar with the Rams. Last yeah. time he versed the Rams was in the Super first Bowl. Super Bowl win? Um yeah, and yeah. that was also the Spygate scandal. Ah uh, yeah. And so uh well, that's not what I was going to mention. The stat is, when Tom Brady beat the Rams in the Super Bowl in 2002, Sonny Michelle was 60 years old, Rob Gronkowski was 12 years old, Julian Edelman was 15, 17 years later, Tom Brady is back versing the Rams yeah. in the Super Bowl. Who was the, was, was it Kurt Warner at the time was the Rams quarterback then? Kurt Warner? Was he their, their quarterback for that? Uh, For the Rams? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was Kurt Warner. I mean, he's... I'm not taking any. I'm not saying Jared Goff isn't, but I'm saying Kurt Warner was the real deal. I mean, he's yeah, he's good. He was good, and now it's Jared Goff. Yeah, but um, the whole point of the Super Bowl is that it's not Jared Goff. I like how it's mostly Tom Brady and his affiliates versus a versus Sean McVay and his Rams. Well, yeah, because I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Best way to put it is yeah. yeah. Like I feel like if Sean McVay has something up his sleeve, it's he could be well out. in this game, but um. Yeah, so what can we... I know we went over some of the things we could expect. Yeah. But um, what is your outlook and why... Like, well, who's your prediction, first of all? We'll go over that and then yeah, we'll spread think, it out. I think the Pats are winning. Pats are winning. I think the Pats are winning, too. I predicted the wrong Super Bowl over the past six years, mind you. I went <laughs> over this with one of my friends. Yeah. Since the Giants won in 2011, I have not predicted the right Super Bowl or something. After, no, I predicted the... I predicted it... I, what? Huh? I predicted the Ravens would beat the Niners that year. Yeah. Um, with the when the lights mm-hmm. shut off. So after that year, I haven't predicted the right Super Bowl. So you have like your own little Drake curse, kind of. Yes. <laughs> um, what I t- what I told uh, my girlfriend, I was like, "Oh, I want to, I want the Rams to win," because she's a Pats fan just because of Gronk. Ugh. Um, she's mostly a Vikings fan, but um. I said I want the Rams to win, but I'm gonna vote for the Patriots because I voted the wrong Super Bowl. So I won't be <laughs> I won't be disappointed. Um, but I feel like everything points right for the Patriots here. I feel like everything is in their favor. I feel like they're more dominant than the Rams are at, at this point, and you know, at the end of the season, as it wraps up in the Super Bowl. I feel like I everything mean, is going there. Everything is pointing in the right direction for them. I feel like there's no way you could root against them. The the sad thing is. Is as much as like it might not be relevant, I I think it somewhat has some little relevance, even the slightest. Is that this Super Bowl is reminding me a lot in terms of like the, the the talk about it, in terms of what to expect. It's reminding me a lot of when we played them, because you had a, a new coach with a young team, and they kind of came up out of nowhere and they kind of grew into this this phenom. And it's kind of like you know no one really counted on them that well, and they kind of have like turned into this huge thing. Same thing, Sean McVay is a relatively young coach. Dan Quinn at the time, I think, was second year in as our as our head coach. I mean, the difference is they have a, a younger quarterback where we had a veteran quarterback, but everywhere else we were young, other than like Julio Jones. 
Everywhere else, we were relatively young, and and that's where they are. Yeah. Other than like Akib Talib and Brandon Cooks, I feel like they're young. And the scary thing is, is when you're at that stage to play the Patriots, we all think it. Damn, the Patriots are like this this team, like on like a on such a huge level, like their own island. They're they're all the way they're on their own island compared to everybody else. And you think that when you play them, it's got to be in the back of their minds or whatever. And these young guys that are new, they. They almost lost last week. They're, they're, they're playing this team. I just feel like McVeigh's really going to have to make no mistakes at all. If he's going to win, he has to make no mistakes. Yeah, not, not even, even a little bit. Yeah. None. Yeah, and so I almost forgot that um, Belichick is 66. Yeah. Sean McVay's yeah. 33, which means that Bill <laughs> yeah. Belichick was already an established head coach when Sean McVay was only 17 playing wide receiver in high school. With Edelman. Right? Weren't they on the same team? Or they Were played they? Against or each something, other or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they played against each other. Julian Edelman was playing quarterback for the other team, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm fully expecting Julian Edelman to come out with some uh, quarterback package this game for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, some, 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 something like that. They're just gonna he's gonna toss it to like the sideline and he's gonna launch it to uh, someone. But um, but yeah. Uh, you know, Patriots here, I feel like they're just way too smart. And I feel like as smart as we think Sean McVay is, Bill Belichick has the um, the edge on him just because he's been there so many times. Again, mm-hmm. Sean McVay, had, this has been, uh, you know, a couple years in the making for him um, ever since he became the head coach over there in Los Angeles because um, he built such a great team. He knew exactly who he was signing, when he was signing him, and why he knew they needed him there. But um, that's really going to show here. If you use all of those guys at once, again, now you have a keep to leave. Now you have Marcus Peters. You're, mm-hmm. You signed Aaron Donald to that extension. He's your guy. And then you have Ndamukong Sue. You have Dante Fowler. Yeah. Stacked. Stacked, right? Mm-hmm. But then you take a look back at one of the best games this year. It was that Monday night game, and they allowed 50 points. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, I mean, I don't think what's going to happen was there? He wasn't at the time. And so maybe that makes Peters, a bit of a difference. Peters might not have been there either. They were both out at, the, at one wow. point. Wow, yeah, that's that, bad. I mean, it's still... But even when P- Peters had a bad yeah, couple weeks exactly. when he was actually in there, exactly. he actually showed that so, he... So, I mean... Eh, yeah, I don't know, I don't man. Know. Uh, I don't know. We forgot to mention that CBS will be... Um, Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Yeah, we forgot to mention him. Tony Romo, the guy who predicts plays. What do you think of people that say he should come out of the booth and go back on the field as like... Not an offensive coordinator. People think more defensive coordinator, but it's like I feel like you're getting more money in the booth than you are for being a scout for yeah, some team. Yeah, I mean, event his decision and in, in the end is going to be based on his own personal preference, what he wants. But I, I just think, I think under any circumstances, he should not leave the booth at all. I, I yeah, I just not even a little I, bit. I think it's just the fact that, I mean, he's not getting paid millions and millions of dollars to make that judgment call of. This is what the defense. This is what the offense is going to do. This is what's going to happen. He's not. He's not getting paid to do that. So it's kind of like a little bit. It's the same kind of situation of like, oh, if we're sitting here, we're like, all right, like, how do they not see that? That's such an easy call to predict. How do you not know that? Yeah. But when you're making all that money, you have all this stuff going on. It's it's not as simplistic as as we would look at it because they're looking at it as well. It could be this package means this, 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 or this, and like they they're trying to go over all this equations and everything in their head. I, I just feel like he he's doing it well because obviously he was a quarterback. He knows kind of looks, formations, kind of situations, what to do with them. I, I don't it's think it's just funny because a lot of people say like it's funny hearing Tony Romo um, telling Tom Brady what to do. Well, yeah, I mean, especially since you know 
Romo hasn't had the greatest of postseason careers. Right. So, but, so yeah, but that's, I that's feel what I'm like saying. that that solely goes along also with the fact that it's a team sport. It's not just on him. Yeah. But. So I'm excited to hear some Tony Romo. But um, yeah. Back to the game itself. Again, we don't preview much on this show. We kind of just go over what's happened and what's yeah. what they're looking for next. There's not much here. It's just one on one. Who's going to battle it out to be the one to win? Um, for me, it's the Patriots. For Chris, is the Patriots. Um, I'd be very surprised if they fold somehow. And yeah. um, Tom Brady, if Tom Brady loses two Super Bowls in a row, I mean, I'm not upset. But again, I, um, a lot of kudos to him for making these Super Bowls when people count him out. Yeah. As much as you know, people do that. So, um, not yeah. sure, man. Um, well, another point I wanted to make about the Patriots is, you can say that they throw checkdowns after checkdown after mm-hmm. checkdown. But that's their MO. They need to get the ball out that quick so they don't get sacked. Yeah. That's why they beat the Chargers. And then they were able to open up all these plays because if they're coming in on them, again, these defensive ends were very quiet all game. If you got the ball out, their names aren't going to be called. Yeah. And then you open up plays to like the Dorsets or, you know, the, um, you know, Sony Michelle's because if you're handing it off, that's a different story up the middle. Um, well, well it, it changes the whole defensive structure. Exactly. If you're, if you're doing a lot of checkdowns, you're you're going to typically bring your safeties closer to the line of scrimmage because you're assuming a little dump-off pass, and, and what's a safety 20 yards deep going to do on that? Like, by that point, they already got 20, 30 yards. It's, it, there's a lot of damage done there. It's just crazy how he gets the ball out so fast. Not, I mean, like, I know dude's 41, yeah. but... If you look, they compare his speed, his arm speed all the time. Duke gets the ball out so fast. Yeah. And that's why defenses just fold because they're like, what can I do if I'm doing the best I can to get to it? Well, that's the thing. They they bring these safeties deep. They bring the linebackers kind of to – they got to split the linebackers because they got to go cover these running backs. And then that leaves somebody, whether it's Edelman, Hogan, Gronk, Dorsett, if they don't throw that check down, that's someone one-on-one with no safety help. And that's very dangerous. Yeah. And so I saw this other thing here where who is in the running for Super Bowl MVP? Obviously, Tom Brady gets the edge there. But if Julian Edelman has a big game, you think it could be his time to shine maybe a little bit? No. Not even? Same reason. It's kind of the seniority thing where you kind of give it to Tom Brady. Same reason that a receiver hasn't won MVP of a league yet. Because if they're doing well, it's because the quarterback did well, and then it goes back to them. I just... I mean, to be honest, if if there should have been anyone, it should have been, in my opinion, of Super Bowl 51 when they had won, I think it should have been James White, Edelman, then Brady, but Brady got it. Brady gets it, yeah. Th- that's my point. I, yeah. think, I, I, f- I think... I just figured their playoff run, Julian Edelman really doesn't drop many passes. No, he does not. And um, obviously, there you could make the argument for the Chiefs game, but dude was dominant all game long anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you saw this stat also. Um, the Patriots left guard Joe Thuny 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 Thuny. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> whatever. Uh, whatever it is, um, will own a pretty cool record once the Super Bowl kicks off. So I'll read this to you. The Patriots drafted Joe Thuny whatever in the third round of the 2016 NFL Draft. He started every regular 48 and postseason games, eight postseason games since getting drafted. He currently is at 58 straight starts. Sunday Super Bowl versus the Rams will be the, his 57th consecutive start and his third straight Super Bowl start. No other player in NFL history has ever started a career with three straight Super Bowl starts, <laughs> according to ESPN. That's that that is that is crazy though. That that is pretty crazy. I mean, wait, even though it's a weird position, like it, I mean, it has a lot to do with 
Brady having time with terms of blocking, but but it's just not someone you would think of like when you think of these big guys coming in the league, you think like, oh, these dominant players are like these quarterbacks, the running backs, the receivers. Those are the guys you think of. So like an offensive lineman, it's just I didn't even know that. So just to know that, like it's it's one of those things that's like, oh, who cares when he got drafted? No one even knows. But props to him. Yeah, Good props him. to him, definitely. Um Good for him for getting drafted to the right team at the right time. Yeah, and I'm not sure. <laughs> there was a leaked video. Not a leaked video. It was, um, something happened. They were in the lo- Someone was in the locker room with their phone. They were recording, and um, one of their tackles was talking to all the other linemen. Yeah. And uh, I forgot his name. I, I watch him very closely. I just keep forgetting names. Um, he was taking off his, uh, his pads, and he was just like, yo, good thing they got Sue because uh, – Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I did he, see he's been there since he's been with the Dolphins. So when they verse him, he likes to slack off a bit. Um, and then they were like, oh no, <laughs> he's like, hopefully don't put that on video. <laughs> don't release yeah. that. And, uh, I don't think that's a controversy thing. Everyone's making a bigger deal than it is, but it's yeah. just kind of like, I don't know. Come Super Bowl. I don't think Sue's going to take any plays off. Like, if it, if, yeah. Sue's never going to be in this position ever again. He's on a one year no, deal. Yeah, he's, he's I don't not. think he's even going to be with the Rams after this year. Probably of their salary cap. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I have a couple, do you have any other stats? I had a couple. I'm just kind of like um, losing it around here. Other than Tom Brady is old and makes a lot of Super Bowls, no. <laughs> He's old, wins a lot of Super Bowls. That's that's about it for me with everything else we kind of touch base on in terms of stats. Yeah, pretty much. Um, not Super Bowl related because, again, there's not much to cover since it's just a preview. Um, AB posted a little while ago. Yep. Um, if, if yep. our Matt that's been on Matt that's been on the show has been in denial about this the whole time, but once this is legit, he posted on his Instagram a quote saying, "If you got a player like uh, like from Jerry Rice himself, if you got a player like that that you can that you can get, you can, wait what? If you got a player like that that you can get that can really add to the offense, you have to go for it." So pretty much, he's talking about AB there. It's a quote by him. And in the picture, someone he's, photoshopped he's a, 49ers. a 49ers jersey, yeah. a 49ers helmet. If you're the Steelers, you're like, what are you doing? And again, we've been talking about the <laughs> A-B situation this whole time again. And people have been in denial about it. They're like, it's not a big deal. They're not getting rid of him. He's on a contract. If you post something like that, that's just he has a goal and it's to be on that team. Smart. I just, like, at that point, it's just one of those things to where it's like, at, at this point, he's got to be out. Like, how do you go into that locker room after that and and – Everything's back to normal. I just I just don't see it. I think that he's been handling this situation. I think he started off handling it the way he was handling it because he kind of wanted to show and prove his point to the Steelers. Like, oh, look, I I will get offers if you don't want me. Kind of to prove his point, like, I'm, I'm valuable, so you need me more than I need you. And now he's taking it too far. I feel you. And again, I just wanted to touch on that real quick, but... um. Again, we'll, we'll do this for another two minutes. I just want to go over some of the stats that I found. I was kind of just kind of, you know, uh, paving the way for it. But uh, mm-hmm. right, uh, shortly after the Patriots won in that AFC game, there was a stat that came out that said Brady and Belichick have done it again with their ninth AFC title. They're third in a row, fourth in five years, fifth straight in eight years. Fifth straight, fifth in eight years, sorry. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just absurd. I don't think that's happening again. And um, also another thing um, – CBS says Patriots Chiefs got 53.9 million viewers. That's more than twice as many viewers as the Academy Awards last year and about three times as many viewers as the most watched World Series and NBA Finals games last year. And it's not even the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't think the Super Bowl is going to be as watched. I don't think so either. That's what I was going to get to also. Um, I don't think so. I think one, because... 
if it was Rams Chiefs again, they'd oh, blow that record. That would kill it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, that's what everyone wanted. Everybody wanted that. Did you want that too? Yes. I wanted that. I so wanted it as bad. Well. I I thought it was going to be a Saints Patriots Super Bowl, but I wanted the Chiefs and the Rams. If I could like erase my memory of watching that Monday night football <laughs> yeah. game yeah. and instead became the Super Bowl and I have no idea what to expect and it was a 50-50 game or something like that be the best Super Bowl ever well, watched well, ever. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I said on the previous podcast is what's sad about it, it was, is it was such a great game, but I'm not sure that the Super Bowl, at the time I said it, I'm not sure if the Super Bowl can even live up to that. So it's kind of like we may have just witnessed the best game of the season and it was not the Super Bowl. Yeah. I was even considering the other day rewatching those highlights of that game because that's how it great it was. Sir, yeah, we were watching here at your house and it was a, it was yeah, exactly. a great game. But in reality, it's Patriots-Rams. Yeah. Um, a lot of... A lot of people didn't want to see that, but yeah. it is what it is. And it's still very interesting because um, you still don't know who's going to win. Because, again, yeah. um, a lot of people count the Patriots out. Rams are always kind of in the discussion, but a lot of people wanted the Saints or the Chiefs or the you know, Saints-Pats. They wanted anyone but, but the Pats. Exactly. Anyone but those two matchups. Um, but it is what it is. That's our next game. So I just want to go over what is come to follow after the Super Bowl. Well, first thing is what we're going to do on this show, we're going to recap the Super Bowl, pretty much yeah. go over how the, you know, say the Patriots win or the Rams win. Um, and then after that, I guess we'll discuss outlooks on every single division in the league, and mm-hmm. we'll do that until the upcoming season. Then next season comes, and it's the 2019-2020 season. And by the end of that season, it'll be 2020, which and, is really and, weird. And, and we'll be graduating. Huh? Oh, we will. I don't know. I might oh, be a little man. late, but I'll do some. Oh, uh, man. That's, that's scary. It is. And, um, yeah, and then so... This is going to wrap up our 2018-2019 NFL season. I have that yeah. in every single title of everything. <laughs> it's just we've been going over it all game, all I mean all year we've been going over every single matchup and what outlooks are for teams to win and now we're finally here to the last game of the season. Hopefully yeah. it's a great Super Bowl to watch. Hopefully. I'm hoping to not see another Broncos Seahawks that blowout was game. Atrocious. Atrocious. I'm not looking Down to see that. Down the road from us, but that was atrocious. Yeah. Also EA released their official um Madden, oh, yeah. Madden yeah, yeah, simulation. Yeah. I, did, I didn't it was watch the, it, but I saw almost it. Almost the same as ours. That the Patriots won again. Yeah. So it's kind of like I don't know. Everything always points in the right direction. When it does, I am always in denial about it about the Patriots. But this time around, it's full steam t- ahead. It's hard I, to. Doubt I was like it. that last yeah. year. Full steam ahead. It's kind of like if they versus the Saints. That yep. was the same thing in my yep. my thing. But now I'm full steam ahead, and I think they're gonna edge them out there. So Patriots Super Bowl winners, hopefully. And if it's not. Let's talk about why the Rams are better than the Patriots next week. So Gladly. All right. So that's going to wrap it up here on Franchise Tag. Thank you, everyone, for listening. So our show is available on all podcast platforms, but specifically um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anything you can think of. We're also on Anchor. That's where we distribute our podcast. So check us out there. Um, other than that, we'll see you when the Super Bowl is complete and we have a winner. We're still here. We're still here. We're, We're still, still here. here. We're <laughs> All right, so we'll see you guys after the Super Bowl. Um, Everyone take care. Goodbye.